up with one of the three amigos on the ground over there with that intro from Edith Pia. Nothing more French than her singing. Uh, Liam Napier, morning Liam. Or bonjour. Bonjour, BK. Bonjour, you're, uh, you're making my heart skip a beat there, really serenading me, aren't you? <laughs> Not so much me, but uh, but Edith really. I mean, nothing more French than that music, is there? Oh, no, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, really bringing the, the French vibes. Absolutely. All right. So, team naming Wednesday uh, for the next pool match for the All Blacks going up against Uruguay. Eight o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll have the commentary of oh, Friday morning, rather. We'll have the commentary live on Gold Sport. Uh, so, let's have a look at uh, what's going on with that team. Nine changes Fozzie has made. What do you make of them? Yeah, a lot more than probably certainly most people, myself included, expected BK. I expected uh, reasonably close to the first choice team at this stage of the tournament. You're looking for cohesion and continuity, but the All Blacks have gone a, a different route, opted to, to rest the likes of Adi Sevier, Aaron Smith, Rico Awani, uh, Mark Talier, and, and a number of, of others, and give basically their full squad a lot of fringe prospects uh, game time, but they've also welcomed back Sam Kane, Sam Whitelock, Tyrell Lomax. So there is a lot of experience, but uh, they do need a, a bonus point victory to qualify to guarantee qualification for the quarterfinals. So yeah, we bit surprised that they've gone this wide in terms of rotation. But look, it's still a strong team, and you'd still expect them to to comfortably put away Uruguay. You can understand Artie Savier being rested. He's just played a lot of minutes over the last few months, hasn't he? He has. He's only missed... Uh, he's played every test this year and only yeah. hasn't played 16 minutes, I think, of, of test footy the whole season. Uh, he's carried a big load while Sam Kane's been out with the captaincy. He was man of the match last week against Italy, uh, scored a try and made that big bust prior to that. So, yeah, Ian Foster talked today about the fact that he's a guy who, in his experience comes back really well after uh, filling the tank again. So that's why they've opted to rest him. And I guess with guys like Aaron Smith taking the week off, it allows Cam Royguard to come in and start his second test. And uh, taking Mark Talia out gives Leicester Whanganuku an opportunity on the left wing. So, I mean, a lot of these changes make sense from that perspective. But um, And I guess there's also the the injury risk as well, that if you play these guys on the eve of a quarterfinal, everyone would be up in arms if they were you know, ruled out of the tournament. So I'm sure that factored into some thinking as well. What did you make of the romp over Italy, 96-17, uh, for a hit out for the ABs? Sort of caught me off guard, to be honest. I thought Italy would be competitive for a period and then the All Blacks would pull away. Certainly didn't see that scoreline or, or that performance coming. It's hard to know which side of the fence to rest on in terms of, you know, the All Blacks were obviously very, very good. Uh, the set piece in particular, I think they won five lineouts against the throw and they took six of Italy's scrums. So that was a, a very big step forward for them. But Italy were, they dropped their bundle pretty early. Their defence was pretty woeful at times, so I think you've got to take it in context. Italy were, were very poor, the All Blacks were very good, and mm. you'd hope that Uruguay would pose a bigger test because they did push a French, a second-string French yeah. team. They, they only lost to the French in pool play by uh, 16 points, and the All Blacks lost to France by 15 points. So you'd hope they'll, <laughs> they'll be a lot more competitive than Italy were. 
We've, I don't believe, my producer tells me, we've ever played uh, Uruguay before, have we? No, we haven't. So a very unique occasion, I guess. And I guess that's what, what World Cups are about with the, the likes of, you know, Portugal and, and Uruguay and Chile uh, in particular playing their, their, their first World Cup. So it'll be a big occasion for them. And I guess what we know about South American countries is they are very passionate and uh, they are on the rise to a certain degree. They've got regular competition over there and uh, we've seen the Pumas, you know, develop over the years in the, in the rugby championship. And when the Hagiwares were in Super Rugby, they were progressing. So, yeah, it will be a big occasion for Uruguay. And um, I think they'll they'll have a real crack, but you wouldn't expect them to be in the All Blacks League. I guess the, the big thing is the most important thing to get out of this this game on Friday morning is to get that bonus point, isn't it? That's right. You've got to tick to that box first, BK, and then uh, get those big pillar rocks in place. You want to see improvement again in the, in the set-piece foundations. You want to see the All Blacks dominate the breakdown and generate turnover position and work off the counter-attack and, and some of those, I guess, fringe prospects put their hands up. Guys like Lester Fying Anuku, he's going to be covering midfield for the first time in his test career and it's a real opportunity for him to push for a, for a bench spot. And I guess guys like Samasoni Takiaho, who didn't play Italy, and Cam Royguards and Damian McKenzie, I think. The bench is, while the All Blacks' first choice teams are largely locked in, uh, the bench is, is quite contestable. So f- for those players, there's there's uh, a lot to play for as well. And Ethan Blackadder will probably get his first run um, over there too, won't he? He's off the bench. He will, and you'd expect him to sort of uh, rip shit and bust. He's that sort of player, and by all accounts, he's been going 100 miles an hour at training. Pretty classic uh, behind the scenes. He's uh, He turned up at 118 kg and I actually saw him out one night demolishing two full meals, a steak <laughs> and a fish. And I've heard some some other eating habits. He, apparently, he really, really can put it away. He struggles oh. to keep on weight. So he is a, a big man. And uh, I can tell you he can put away food like he puts away ball carriers. Uh, amazing stuff, mate. All right, enjoy, and we look forward to that match on uh, on Friday morning, Liam. Uh, we'll say au revoir. Au revoir. Cheers, BK. Oh. <laughs> One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If she thinks, man, I've had a shit Mother's Day, it's not on me, okay? You're not my mum. That's the kids. The kids should have been best behaviour. And they chose not to, okay? Yeah. They chose to give you crappy presents. They chose to complain yeah. at the nice breakfast we made. I'm just there. I'm helping. Yeah. But it's, sorry, mate. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.